to make their way back to their seats. And we're going to continue. So you can grab your seat. We're going to continue. So once again, welcome everyone and welcome to Christ Central Church. Great to have you here in person and greetings to those who are watching online. My name's Joe Crummy and I'm going to be speaking today. And as many of you know, I had the privilege of a week ago being with our family of churches in Cyprus for what we call Global. And it was our first time in three years that we were able to gather all our different leaders from all around the world um, together. And in our church email, hopefully you've read. If not, I encourage you. Uh, we had a link in there from one of our friends, Andrew Wilson, who gave a summary of Global. So that helps kind of just give a snapshot of that. And I'll share a couple of things this morning and then in two weeks time um, with that. And so just thank you for sending me, and it's just a real honor and privilege to be there with those friends, many who I haven't seen in years, and some I haven't seen. I only went to other, one, other Global back in 2014, so it was great to see even eight years later um, many friends. And then this week, we ask for your prayers as Mark and Gary and I um, travel to Montreal, and we're with our Canadian family of churches within New Frontier, so we have um, groups coming together and just to be able to pray together, be together. Um, we've been on Zoom now for two and a half years, so it's going to be good to actually be together in person. And so we ask for your prayers with that, which ties into everything we're going to talk about this morning. And that whole aspect um, that we've been talking about as a church over the last couple of years, and specifically over the last year, about how God, we feel, has been strengthening us, putting our roots deep in Christ. And there's a a purpose for that, obviously to grow in our walk with Jesus and to grow in our experience and relationship with God and with one another, but also, as we're seeing, it's for the sake of others, and we believe that God's preparing us for a lengthening as a church, and that can look all kinds of different ways in influence and also just being able to see more people know about Jesus, both here in Fredericton, but also in Atlantic Canada, Canada, and to the nations, and one of the things that we've been taking a look at is we as leaders and we even as fellow Christians, part of our church, and I know people here this morning are on that whole journey, so some of you are just even learning, starting to learn about Jesus, is when we talk about lengthening and we talk about extending God's kingdom, all these different things, we must want to frame that, that that is something in a very humble, that we get to be part of what God wants to do. And this morning, some of the things I'm going to share is you have to understand when we're talking about those things, we're not talking about extending or trying to build our own little empire. We're not trying to, I mean, can you imagine, even if we did build, it would be called the crummy empire. That's not a very good name if you're going to be doing anything. So let's just stick with, you know, Jesus and his kingdom. It's not the crummy kingdom. It's not the crummy empire. It's not the Rushworth. It's not, like, we're part of what God is doing. And we have to sometimes reframe, and I know here in Canada, around the world, sometimes church has unfortunately, wrongly, tried to be like an empire that expands and crushes people and abuses people and trying to, out of power and influence and all that. That was wrong, and that's not what we're going to be talking about this morning. And so we have to understand the things that we're talking about when we use some of that terminology, because it's the same terminology we use sometimes for business and different things, it's coming from a different spirit, and it's actually coming from a whole different world. And some of the things that we're talking about, we're using spiritual language that's in our everyday sort of Canadian language. And we have to make sure that we're 
understanding the difference between those things. And so what we've been saying is, as far as us lengthening, you know what, folks? We can't force anyone. We can't coerce anyone on any of these things. What we're saying is we are looking at Jesus. Jesus is the one that we've just been singing about. Jesus is the one who changes us. Jesus is the one who saves us. Jesus is the one who transforms us. And so everything that we're doing, we're, we are building a foundation here, and we're saying we're beholding Jesus. We believe as we look to Jesus, as we look to Jesus, we get transformed, and God transforms our heart. And as Mark just said, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God transforms our priorities and our values and our ways of thinking and our heart motives and our actions. And out of that, a lifestyle begins to develop individually and corporately as a church family that we believe is going to bring good news to those around us. And it is for the sake of others. And what we've been trying to do is saying, we're, go- we're looking at different aspects of Jesus. We are looking at Jesus being the creator. Therefore, in Christ, we are a new creation. We were looking a couple weeks ago, Jesus is the son of God. Because he's the son of God, he allows us to become sons of God, that we can become children of God. And today we're going to look at Jesus is king. And I hope you picked that theme up in the songs that we were singing this morning, that Jesus is king. And therefore, as we follow Jesus, and as we become Christ's followers, our citizenship changes, that we are part of the kingdom of God, and that affects our identity and all of these things, which affects our priorities, our values, everything. So that's the order it goes in. We're looking at Jesus, and as Jesus changes us, we know our identity in light of who Jesus is. That affects our practices, our values, our lifestyle, everything. That's the basis for what we're looking at. And today we're looking at Jesus is king, that Jesus has a kingdom. And so we've got to backtrack, and we've got to start with this. We have to start with understanding the story. And folks, this is like the God story of the Bible. It's God's story. And everything out of Hollywood and Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and everything else comes from the foundation of this story of good and evil. And so we go all the way back to the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth, and God created humans in his likeness for God to enjoy, to share that Trinity, we're just talking about Father, Son, Holy Spirit, community, friendship, relationship, God's glory. I want to share that with my creation. Adam and Eve, Garden of Eden, paradise. Incredible. Think they walked with God. They got to name all the animals, and they're going to be stewards of planet Earth. And God says to them, go and multiply and fill the earth with my glory, because you're my image bearers. Filling the earth with God's glory isn't some like filling, you know, with some brightness. No, it's with God's creation. And we see early on, this is all good. And actually humans are very good because they're made male and female in God's likeness. And there was one angel who came along, as we see later on, we understand more of the story, who rebelled against God, wanted to be like God, and God cast him and a third of the angels out of heaven. And we have this rebellious creature, the devil, Satan, who What did he do? He went after God's creation because he hates God. He lied to them about who God, did God really say this? God's holding out on you. Challenged their identity. And they didn't believe God. And they disobeyed God. And the consequences are, thousands of years later, 
a broken world, a messed up world, an out of control world that Gary was just saying. And sin infected, just like a virus, humanity. They're cast out of paradise and there's consequences. And God said there's consequences to the man, consequences to the woman, and this is what he said. There are consequences to Satan in the form of a serpent. And this is where God begins a redemptive process that there is going to be a day. Because what did Satan do? Satan usurped God's kingdom in Adam and Eve. So now the Bible says this. From that day forward, the devil actually had control of planet Earth within God's sovereignty. And we read later, the devil's referred to the prince of this Earth. So really, God's kingdom was usurped by the devil, Adam and Eve, and it became Satan's kingdom. And the Bible says this, it became the dominion or the kingdom of darkness. So no wonder all history looks like we're lost. We're in darkness. It looks like we're blind. It looks like we're disoriented. It's like, oh, we got, we got some remnants of being made in the image of God that are good. However, man, we seem really messed up. And we hate each other, and we're always at war with one another, and it's a kingdom of darkness. Now, folks, here's what you have to realize. This is a spiritual reality. There's, a, there's kingdoms at war here. There's a spiritual reality that Satan is the head of this kingdom of darkness. And we as humanity have put our trust in this. We're like, if we can just educate people better, if we can just progress, if we can just get better, if we can just with technology and science and all these different things, if we can just always improve in these things, guess what? Earth's going to be a better place. And we're going to figure out all these problems and we're going to live happily ever after. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Wrong answer. But we still, that's what most people still believe. I mean, that's what we Hey, if we can just, you know, you can go all throughout history. And we're still at it today. If we can just figure out AI, we'll be a better society, and then we'll all get along. And folks, it's a spiritual battle. Now, technology's good, science has been good, we've learned a lot. It's not all bad, but what I'm saying is, and Jody kind of nailed it earlier in worship and saying, like, there's a lot of things streaming at us that wants our attention and our allegiance in the number one thing. And as good as those things are, they're not going to solve a spiritual issue. And they don't actually acknowledge that the devil, Satan, is real. And that's a big issue in our Western thing because we're so logical. The irony for me is it just seems illogical that there isn't a devil. <laughs> And it has to do with the human heart. So folks, what I'm trying to prove is we need a new king. We need a new kingdom. We need to get out of the kingdom of darkness. And God's story is this. God said to Satan as part of that consequence. He said about the woman's offspring, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. That's Genesis 3, right at the beginning, pointing towards Jesus coming. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel heal. So all through the Bible, and we don't have time to go through it because there's a lot there, but I'm just going to 
allow me to pick a few verses that just talk about there's a king and a kingdom coming that's going to overthrow this prince of this earth and this kingdom of darkness. So let's read this one together. I think we have Isaiah coming up here, 9. This is very, as you guys know, I love Christmas, and we're only two months away, so this fits in really well. So let's, let's read this together, okay? If you're able, we read this. For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Woo! Amen. Isaiah is saying, there's a king coming. There's a kingdom coming. And it's not going to look like the kingdom of this earth. It's going to be one of righteousness and justice and peace and love, and it's going to be ever-increasing. And who's going to accomplish it? Not man or woman's efforts, but the zeal of the Almighty Lord is going to accomplish this. Folks, can we just pause right there and just say, even though it still looks desperate today, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Hallelujah. That gives a hint of what's to come upon this son, not upon a philosophy, not upon progress or education or science or technology, but upon this son will be God's government, God's rule and reign and authority. And a kingdom promised to David, which we don't have time to get into, is going to be fulfilled in a son of David, Jesus. And a kingdom that's going to be marked by a culture of love and peace and righteousness and justice and salvation and healing and deliverance and release. Heaven is coming to earth. Woo! A king is coming. And Jesus is born in in the Greek, it's the Christ, and in Hebrew, it's the Messiah, the anointed one. What's he anointed for? To be king. <laughs> He's the anointed one. In the Old Testament, hey, you anoint it, who is going to be king? He's the anointed one, like the anointed one. He is the king. He's going to be king of all kings, Lord of all lords. Let's read the Christmas one again. I think this one's up here too, maybe. Is it Luke 1, 31 to 33. Why not you read it with me again? This is speaking to Mary. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Man. And then Jesus, when he starts his ministry, in the Gospels, we see this. In Matthew, he says this, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. In Mark, we use, because that was more to Jewish people, for the kingdom of God is here. And that's how Jesus started his ministry. And Jesus is saying, believe the good news. The kingdom has come. We have to just stop for a moment and say, what is the kingdom of God? depending upon what your history is and what your background is, some people believe the kingdom of God is actually a, a holy piece of land. Some people believe it's a political group, a military might, a dream, it's just a philosophy. And we have to understand that the kingdom of God is the rule and the reign and the government of God established on earth. It's his order, authority, and power, and it's through his people. Jesus started a new kingdom 
And it was different from Satan's kingdom. Jesus proclaimed the kingdom, but Jesus also demonstrated the kingdom. He had authority. So we see this. Jesus had authority to say to people, come follow me. Jesus had authority in his teaching. He brought teaching, and they're like, man, we've never seen anyone teach with this type of authority. Jesus brought healing. He showed he had authority over sickness. Jesus brought deliverance. He had authority over demonic influence. Jesus had authority over nature. Jesus had authority over even death. And folks, here's where I just want to explain. Jesus had both power and authority. And those two things are kind of connected, but they're a little bit different too. And here, I just want you to understand this. The difference between power and authority. A couple of years ago, I think I've told this story before, at our Christmas drop-in dinner, we had an incident happen where one of our dear friends was quite upset and very belligerent and she was causing a scene, and so guess who gets called to help deal with it? I'm up washing dishes, and I get this tap on my shoulder. Something's going on downstairs. You got to get down there, and you got to help Kelly. So down I go, going, oh. And this lady's upset, and she's mad, and she's causing a scene, and it's like growing. And I'm like, okay, who are our biggest people here that can help me if we got to take her out? I'm thinking, who can I grab? That's thinking about power. And she said this. She said, I am not leaving unless the police come and remove me. Well, just so happened, Rick was with me, because I grabbed Rick, because I know about power and authority. And Rick was with me and heard the whole thing. And Rick just pulled out his police badge. I am the Fredericton police. He's asked you to leave. You need to go. And guess what she did? She got up and left. I didn't have to use any power, muscle, because she knew Rick had authority. Rick had all the resources of the Fredericton Police Department behind him. All the laws of the land were behind him. And he didn't have to lay a finger. Why? Because he had authority. Folks, Jesus has authority in his kingdom. He has power, but he also has authority. And the whole thing of Jesus' life was about the kingdom. So Jesus was brought teaching, seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness. In his prayer, this is how you pray. One of the parts of the prayer, we're praying, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus, by his unique virgin birth, his life, his teaching, his action, his death, as we've been singing about on the cross, his resurrection, his ascension, and now as we were just singing, he's at the right hand of the Father. And it says this, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to him because he's conquered death, he's proven. He's fulfilled the prophecies from the Old Testament. He's ushered in and established the kingdom of God, and he reveals how this kingdom will grow and fill the earth. How? It's through his church. Which leads into our identity. So that's a brief snapshot. We could preach a lot on Jesus as king. But I hope you get the thing that Jesus is overthrowing the kingdom of darkness which had usurped God's kingdom and Jesus is now establishing his kingdom on earth through his church and that kingdom's ever only going to grow and ever increase because his kingdom will reign forever. And that affects who we are. And we have to understand why am I 
go on this because, folks, you have to understand, because Jesus is king, and if we follow Jesus, then our citizenship is not in the kingdom of darkness. Our citizenship is actually now in the kingdom of Jesus, and that changes everything. We read this in Colossians 1.13. I hope you have this one as well. You can read this with me if you'd like. For God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Read it. God has rescued us from the dominion, what? From the government, from the kingdom of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the Son, in whom he loves. Such good news. We have redemption. We've been bought back. We have forgiveness of sins. So as followers of Jesus, when we believe Jesus is the Son of God, so there's a truth part to it, that he's the Christ, we follow him in his teaching, there's an obedience part to that. We're being with Jesus and his people, there's a relational part of that. When his Holy Spirit is born in us and he fills us with his Holy Spirit, this is the truth. And I'll just read this one part from Philippians 3, it's up there. Paul's saying, you know what? There's a lot of people that little G gods are following. But for those who follow Jesus, he says this, those people's minds are unearthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. Paul's saying, just don't be about all these earthly things. You've got to remember who you are. Our citizenship is in heaven. We're part of the kingdom of Jesus. And citizenship, folks, is a big deal. It has a lot of consequences. You've got to remember in Jesus' day, being a Jew, they were oppressed. They were under the rule of the Romans. It, it was a big deal. Paul, if you remember in the New Testament, he's going through, Paul was a Roman citizen. It was a big deal because they usually treated him not as a Roman citizen. They threw him in jail. They beat him. And Paul's like, hey, I'm a Roman citizen. Are you allowed to do that? And they're like, oh, we didn't know you're a Roman citizen. Citizenship's a big deal. When I travel, this is a big deal. This is my passport. Shows my citizenship. It's a big deal. If you live in Canada and you don't have citizenship, you realize citizenship's a big deal. It affects what you can and cannot do. It affects things like Medicare and benefits and protection and voting, all these different things. And sometimes you need proof of citizenship. So I'm asking this morning, do you know you're a citizen of heaven? Do you know you're part of the kingdom of God? Are you able to say, you know what, I know I'm born again by the Holy Spirit. I know I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I know my life is about following Jesus. I know that affects every part of my life. I know that I'm part of a church family. I know that I've been baptized. Mark talked about that a little while ago. The importance of being baptized that shows that we're dead to our old. We're united with Christ. We're living for him. We can take part in communion. None of those things in and of themselves save us, but they're, they show that we are citizens of heaven, that we're following Jesus, that we're a people saved and healed and delivered and forgiven, reunited with Christ, and we're free from curses and the power of sin and guilt and condemnation and fear. And now our priority is all about being concerned about the kingdom of God and the church. That's why we place such a high value. We're citizens of heaven. We're citizens of Jesus' kingdom. And folks, that identity is our primary identity. 
Now, folks, let me give you an example from just being at Global two weeks ago. This is like a tangible example of the wrestling through of what our identity is. So I'm at Global, and folks, we've got people there literally from all around the world, different nations, countries, languages, cultures, dress, dance, singing, all different. And at Global, we took communion together. And before we took communion together, we actually had a few issues. And one of the issues is we have friends from our Russian churches there, and we have friends from our Ukrainian churches there sitting at different tables. And can I just say, folks, it was tense. We're there for four days. And just before we got there, the bombing increased again in Ukraine. Russians... Ukrainians sitting at tables and we're going to take communion together. Folks, it, there's no, it was tense, it was awkward. For the first couple of days, they didn't speak to each other. Like, it was tense. And you can understand why. And we're going to take communion together. And we had to address some of these things and we had to share how our citizenship is really out of this world like it's other worldly we're united in Christ and actually all the other identities our nationality our people group our language our culture which are all important so I'm going to follow up on this in a minute but we're not coming to communion as Russians and Ukrainians. We're coming as citizens of heaven. And folks, I witnessed as we worked through that tears and hugs and weeping. And they were able to take communion together. Why? Only because their citizenship in Jesus and the kingdom of God is their ultimate identity. last thing on this Jesus is king ushering his kingdom if we're followers of Jesus we're part of his kingdom our citizenship is in heaven and therefore we also have a new title and a new role and that's this Paul says this we are Christ's ambassadors we are Christ's ambassadors 2 Corinthians 5.20 and we talked about that one before earlier Jesus Paul says, if anyone's in Christ, they are a new creation. Old is gone, the new has come. And Paul writes, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Folks, just think about it for a minute. What does it mean to be an ambassador? What's it mean to be part of an embassy? Well, there's a lot of different things, but here's just some of them. Like, our ambassadors, they're picked by the government. Like, you're chosen. <laughs> You're chosen, and you're sent, and you go. And you're to represent their country and government to the rest of the world, both in deed and action. Ma, you know, brings great shame if one of our ambassadors does something illegal or immoral or whatever. What? Because it reflects on the whole country and government. So it's not just what you say, it's what you 
do. They're a spokesperson for their countries and government. Authority is delegated to represent and communicate for their, whether it's prime minister, king, president. They report back to their country and government. They're accountable. And they establish embassies, safe places where the rules of their home country and government apply in that space. And citizens of that country can go there for help, assistance, safety, and security. Folks, just think about that. We are Christ's ambassadors. We're chosen by God. We're sent to represent Jesus in his kingdom, in his rule, in his government, in this world. We're spokespeople for Jesus. We proclaim Jesus' gospel. We don't proclaim ours. We proclaim Jesus' word. We proclaim Jesus' purposes. We go with Jesus' delegated authority. Folks, it's not our message. It's the message of Jesus. We don't get to pick and choose. We are representatives. We speak on Jesus' behalf. We act in Jesus' behalf. We demonstrate on Jesus' behalf. We proclaim and demonstrate. And we establish embassies like outposts of Jesus' kingdom in all nations, people, groups, tongues, tribes, generations. How? Through local churches. And we realize in most of the world, a lot of the world, this is illegal. It's a real spiritual battle. Folks, even getting to global, I was complaining because my flights got delayed and I missed flights and I was like, ah, grumbling Joe. I get to global. Oh, our first time we met, we got to pray for so-and-so because they were arrested on their way to global. And I was just kind of like, I got stuck in Switzerland. It wasn't that bad. Like folks arrested getting to global, trying to get through countries, but who are opposed to Christians. And one guy had two nights in prison trying to get to global. And I was just like, so I just tried to hang out with as many people from around the world that were different from me. So a lot of countries, I'm not even allowed. And we were there, and the whole thing, every time on the thing is, please do not share on social media anything about our gathering, basically. Because so most of the people there are from parts of the world that they'll get arrested and killed if they know what's going on. So... You're like, Joe, I didn't see, you know, like you didn't even show any pictures. I wasn't allowed. I can't even tell you who I met with. Paul says, the kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Spirit. It's not coerced. It's not forced. It's not cruel. It's not oppressive. It's not abusive but loving and serving and justice and compassion and prayers. I encourage you, please read Andrew Wilkinson's report. It summarizes it so well. But there was different languages and tribes and cultures represented. And here's the exciting thing. If we get the order correct, it's Jesus and his kingdom first over politics and styles and countries. Our citizenship is in heaven. It's more important than our geography and politics. It's Jesus first. But here's the cool thing, is when we get Jesus first, then all those other things come after it. So you know what? This is what's so amazing, this is what's so great, is we get to worship together, and we have people leading worship from all over the world. And so guess what? We did songs in different languages. And guess what? We danced. Well, some of us tried to dance. 
because you, re- you do realize here on a Sunday morning, we're the odd ones, right? You do realize around the world, most people dance and we don't. Do we understand that? So one of the ladies leading was from Jamaica, let me tell you, we were dancing. <laughs> Different parts of Africa, we were dancing. From countries, I don't even know how to pronounce the name, we were dancing. <laughs> because here's the thing, once we get citizenship, Jesus first and everything, then our cultures come second, but we want our cultural expression. So I love that people dress in different ways. We spoke in different languages. We danced. We were silent. We did all kinds of different things that were kind of out of my comfort zone because it all brought representation of every tongue, tribe, and nation in their own way, worshiping Jesus, which is a beautiful, wonderful thing. But do you see the order? Jesus and his kingdom, citizenship in heaven, and then all these other things fill in. And I thought it was just such an amazing thing while I was there, and Mark's going to get to this maybe by spring. (laughs) You might get to Ephesians 3.10. You might get there if it's a late spring. Mark's going to talk about when he gets to Ephesians 3.10 that the church is the manifold wisdom of God, powers, principalities. It's this rainbow color of expression. That's the church. And so folks, Sometimes you, un- you have to understand, like, you know, why does sometimes Angel leading worship do a song in Spanish or Swahili? Like, wha- why, why are we doing that? Because it's just in a small way representing this manifold, multicolored wisdom of God. So I love when Pamela's up here helping to lead worship. She's just worshiping God. Her Folks, I mean... Pamela, like, your English is amazing, comes such a long way. But we know like, English is like your 10th language, okay? We're just like, Pamela, you just worship whatever language you want, but you just glow, like you're worshiping God, which helps us worship. Folks, that's why, in a small part, but we're going to see more and more of that. We need to be, and for some of us, we've got to get a bit out of our comfort zones because we need the manifold wisdom of God expressed in our local church, different languages, different cultures, different people groups contributing and bringing things that might not be our style or our way, but boy, does it ever glorify God. When I was in Cyprus, there was this interesting thing as you drove around. There were pieces of land and buildings that were unoccupied in the weirdest places. So you'd have like building, nice, 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 and then like this piece of, this block, this piece of land that was like desolate. And you're kind of like, what's going on with that? And actually one of the guys explained it while we were there. He said this, in Cyprus, he said, this is how it goes. In order for an inheritance to be passed along, he said, it's a lawyer's dream, okay? In order for the inheritance to be passed along, you need all of the family has to show up on the day that they're going to execute the will. So say you have five siblings and the parents have died and the will is going to be read and it's going to be passed along. If only four out of the five show up and the fifth one doesn't, nothing happens. You need everybody there. So sometimes, literally, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 
hundreds of years will go by and that property's still there <laughs> because everybody didn't show up who was part of the inheritance. And this guy went on to explain, it's a bit like that. Jesus is going to have an inheritance. He's going to have a people from every tongue, tribe, nation. That's what he said. And folks, we need everybody in order to receive that full inheritance. So part of our lengthening, I'm just preparing you, <laughs> is we're going to have more and more multicultural, every tongue, tribe, nation. And folks, we're going to have to adapt our citizenship first, but some of the expressions of worshiping and following Jesus, we need to, uh, not only allow, we need to welcome and encourage. We need every people group, tongue, tribe, and nation showing up and being represented. And folks, that's why here on a very sensitive issue with our indigenous friends, we were right in the past to bring the gospel. We were wrong to put white-centered ways of doing things. And so, obviously, and rightfully so, there's been a whole kickback on that. But folks, we need our indigenous friends to hear good news, but then we need them to be able to express their worship to Jesus in culturally ways that are appropriate to them that we can be a part of. And that goes for French-speaking, English-speaking, Swahili, and everything else. Because we're ambassadors. Okay. I got a bit more, but I'm going to move it to November 6th because we're at a time. Mark said this last week. I just want to close with this. Mark spoke on persecution, suffering, which really summarized most of what I heard at Global. And you think, why? Like, why do people go through these things? It's because Jesus is the number one name. And they know they're part of a kingdom that's ever-increasing, and that kingdom is in opposition to the devil who Jesus said wants to rob, kill, and destroy. We don't just battle flesh, men and women. We battle spiritual things. But they know their citizenship is in heaven. That's their priority. And they know that they are ambassadors. They've been chosen, sent. Their identity is that. That's their calling and their purpose. And they know that they are to proclaim good news of Jesus, that the king has come to redeem. They demonstrate. Folks, it just seems like wherever there's the most persecution, there seems to be the most action from God. So you just, we'll just leave it there. We sometimes wonder, why isn't God doing seemingly doing anything in North America or in Canada or in Fredericton? It just seems the greater the persecution the greater it seems like God's moving. And folks, it's just a heads up and a warning. And it might look different than what some of us think, but there'll be more persecution coming. <laughs> As ambassadors, we establish embassies, local churches that are outposts that look like this is what heaven looks like. And that's why, folks, it's such a battle here. That's why it's such a battle just to be friends together. Because it's hard. Because we have an enemy who wants to rob, 
kill, destroy. Jesus is king. His kingdom is ever increasing. It's advancing over darkness. We are citizens, citizens of heaven. We're Christ's ambassadors representing, and we're going to flesh some of those things out in the future. So just as I close, I just want to ask a couple of questions that you can reflect on this week. Just ask yourself this question. Am I part of the kingdom of God? Am I part of this kingdom? And how do I know? How do I know? What proof do I have? Okay, Joe, you've got to prove your citizenship. Well, one part of it, I've got a passport that it proves, it's authentic, it proves I'm a citizen. How do you know if you're a citizen of heaven? How do you know? So I'm just asking you to just really take that. And if you're not sure, we would love to be able to walk that out with citizenship is there any other allegiance before Jesus so Jody thank you for sharing this morning because the first thing you talked about was just the kingdom and there's other names that are bantering for first place is there any other allegiance before Jesus and ambassadors are we aware that we're ambassadors and is there anything that needs to change or line up for us to be about God's purposes and plans? That's what I want us to reflect on this week in our life groups, to yourself, against yourself, your family. Folks, there's a spiritual reality. There's a kingdom of darkness. There's a kingdom of light led by Jesus. We want to be part of that kingdom. And we want our lives to reflect that and that's our number one allegiance. So why don't we stand, and I'm going to pray, and we're going to close. And we'll just ask for God's Holy Spirit to do what only He can do. He brings revelation. He brings conviction. So Holy Spirit, we just ask you now that Jesus said that you would be the one that reveals Jesus. You reveal. You convict. So we just ask you, Holy Spirit, right now, you would come and do that. You would just show us Jesus. You would help us, as Jody said, even when we know Jesus. Help us. We need your help, Lord. I want to be, you know, I want you to be, Lord, my primary allegiance to you. But, Lord, I get pulled in so many different ways. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me to live as I truly am, an ambassador of Christ. Help me to know and to live in the good of being a citizen of heaven. Lord, help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Mark. Amen. Let's worship our great King.